The New Orleans Saints are undoubtedly making the perfect decision in their very loud and very vocal commitment to Cam Jordan. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast and of course you can continue the conversation with me one-on-one over at joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints so as always i am your host ross jackson at ross jackson nola on twitter your new orleans saints expert credential member of the media you can find me over at uh sports illustrated's fan nation site covering the new orleans saints saints news network where i'm the senior writer and reporter every tuesday over on locked on nfl and here with you every single monday through friday and then some on locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, the Saints making some moves, continuing to build out the roster, but also continuing to address a position that we're not, we haven't been expecting them to address. But it all makes sense in the end. We're also going to take a look at the New Orleans Saints banking on the returns of Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore, but are they prepared just in case they need to be for otherwise? But first, and I'm so happy to be able to talk about this today. New Orleans Saints general manager Mickey Loomis was on Sirius XM on Tuesday night following OTAs. And one of the the the, the kind of big talking points was around Cameron Jordan. And we we've spoken about Cameron Jordan so much on this show and about how he deserves to finish up his career as a New Orleans Saint, how he deserves to be a Hall of Famer, how he deserves the Ring of Honor. And New Orleans Saints general manager Mickey Loomis basically came out and said, all of those things are gonna happen. And it's so good to hear that because we got the Foster Moreau story this offseason, right? This sort of really fantastic, no strings attached, feel good story. And now here comes another one with Cam Jordan. And I can't express how important this is and how happy Saints fans should be about this because this is an example of the New Orleans Saints as a sound organization making the absolute right decision in making this very loud and very open and very public commitment. Cam Jordan has said over and over and over again that he wants to finish his career as a New Orleans Saint, that he will be with the team until the team doesn't want to be with him anymore. And basically the Saints have turned around and said the same thing. Mickey Loomis effectively saying that Cam Jordan will be a New Orleans Saint as long as he wants to be, but also comes out straight up and says that Cam Jordan will finish his career as a New Orleans Saint, then he'll go into the Ring of Honor, and then he'll go into the Hall of Fame. And that is very much what Cam Jordan deserves. The franchise sack leader with 115 and a half sacks. He's also the franchise's leader when it comes to tackles for a loss. The production on the field only tells part of the story, though. You look at the incredible work that Cam has done outside of 
or let's just say off the field, right? And that can mean at the facility and even outside the facility. Remember, we got to talk to him not too long ago over at uh, one of the local high schools where he was doing uh, the School of Yes, and he was doing a ton of work uh, with them in terms of mentoring and allowing kids, letting kids know that like education is important and that there is a future ahead of them despite whatever their current situations might be and all of these other things and being out there investing every single Tuesday. Every player in the NFL gets, I'm going to use quotation marks when I say this, off on Tuesday. They get a day off on Tuesday because that's usually kind of the day away from the facility and everything like that. I, I do the quotations because there's a lot of players that are also going through like recovery that day and stuff like that. Like there's not really a day off if you really think about it for these new Orleans, for any player in the NFL. But what does Cam Jordan do every single Tuesday when he could be off? He's in the community. He's feeding people. He's 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 visiting with kids. He's mentoring. He's he's showing up. He's doing appearances. He's he's doing all of these things. Like that's that's who Cam Jordan is. Every single Tuesday, the day that's supposed to be the day off. And then in the facility, he's so much more than what he does on the field. He is what he does in the locker room. Look, this is such a great example right now when it comes down to OTAs. There was never a question that Cam Jordan was going to be present during OTAs. You know why? Because Cam Jordan is always present at OTAs. It doesn't matter. It's never mattered. Whether it's been voluntary or mandatory, Cam Jordan is there raising his hand and saying, present, I'm here. Leading by example, teaching, coaching, but also executing. This ain't no Udonis Haslam type of situation to where he's just a, 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 a... a, you know, coach on a payroll, on a player payroll or whatever. No, no, no. It's not that. He's out there getting it done. He's contributing. He's a part of the team's success while also holding the team accountable for its success or for its lack of success. This is who Cam Jordan is. And this is what Cam Jordan deserves, which is to, which is to basically I was going to say finish his career as a New Orleans Saint and be a lifer with the team, but it's not just that. He deserves what he wants, and what he wants is to be a lifer, just like his father before him who spent his entire, was it 12 seasons, uh, Steve Jordan with the Minnesota Vikings, spent his entire career with Minnesota. The New Orleans Saints, Cam Jordan, they want the same for Cam. He wants to finish his career here in New Orleans. And for Mickey Loomis to just come out and basically say, yeah, he'll do that. He'll finish his career as a New Orleans Saint is absolutely awesome. Now, the big thing is, can the New Orleans Saints turn the corner in time to get him a ring in the next couple of years? Can Cam Jordan check that last box? Can he do that before his playing career is over? And can the New Orleans Saints help him do that? Well, This year is certainly a start, even though it might not happen this year, it's certainly a start. Their ability and what they've done so far over the course of the offseason to revamp their roster and make their roster better on paper than it was last year. They made their quarterback position better. They've improved the skill position players that surround that quarterback. They've improved depth on the offensive line. They overcame an exodus on the defensive line and look to have patched that up well, though there's maybe some work still left to be done there. The secondary is still very good. Your starting linebackers are still very good. You're just waiting to see if the Saints are going to invest in a a veteran linebacker to help back things up and shore shore up the position. So you look at Cam and you look at the players that are around him on the defensive side. You look at the players that are 
opposite him on the offensive side who are going to help him win games. And you can see the Saints' commitment to success. You can see Cam Jordan's commitment to success. And you can see this roster being built with the goal of success. So it's excellent to hear Mickey Loomis just come out and say, yeah, he's here as long as he wants to be here. He'll finish his career in New Orleans Saints, then go into the Ring of Honor, then go into the Hall of Fame, all of which Cam Jordan 100% deserves because it's what he wants. The other thing he wants, that ring. He wants that ring. Can the New Orleans Saints get it done? This is going to be maybe one of my favorite storylines to follow over the course of the next, let's say, three to five years when it comes to Cam Jordan. He said to us that, you know, three, two, three, four, five years is kind of the range for him. I'm sure there's enough money to keep him around in five years or for five years if he if, if he's able to play that long um, because of the gambling money, the uh, the, um, the, the TV deals, all that other stuff. So I'm sure they can convince him with the dollar reduce. Uh, but man, just knowing that 94 is going to finish his career here in new Orleans, or at least that there's an open commitment by the team and an open commitment by Cam Jordan for 94 to finish up his career in new Orleans is awesome. And I'll tell you this much too. I'll go this much further. Once Cam Jordan hangs up 94, I know the Saints don't really retire jerseys, but it should be an understood thing just like number nine is that at least it should be a really, 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 really long time before anyone ever dares to wear that number again, because 94 is about to be another one of those, as many are, sacred numbers here in the city of New Orleans. Coming up next, let's take a look at what the New Orleans Saints are going to be banking on in 2023. And it's the health of Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore. But more important, are they ready just in case the bottom falls out? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And everybody, today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Y'all know my favorite mint brownie covered in 100% chocolate, all that mint and brownie goodness, plus all the extra chocolate over the top. You're getting 17, 18 grams of protein, four or five grams of sugar. These things are absurd. They're legendary. They're the Cam Jordan of Built Bars because of how consistent they are, how good they are. These Built Bars deserve to be in the Protein Bar Hall of Fame. You feel me? So go and check them out today over at built.com. Head over to Walmart as well. If you want to just get your hands on them right now and not wait for them to be shipped, don't worry about you. I got you. Head over to Walmart, pharmacy section, four bar box of built bars waiting for you and some incredible flavors. Or if you got a Sam's Club near you and you got that Sam's card, head over 13 bar box, the big mamma jamma. That's going to get you the churro puffs as well as the brownie batter puffs over there to get your favorite built bar today. Once again, that is Walmart, Sam's Club, and built. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. We are live here on the Locked on Saints YouTube page. Thanks so much as always for being here. Brian, I see you. I saw Jonathan. Happy birthday one more time to the homeboy Nate Lyon. I see Yella, D, Nola Gang, Derek, uh, Yelia. I see y'all. B, I appreciate y'all very much for being here. Oh, excuse me. B, Jizzle. 
be jizzle. Let me show the respect. Let me show the respect. So um, I appreciate y'all as always being here live later for all the pre-recorded episodes. All the live episodes means the world to me. Thanks for your everyday or for making us your first listen of the day every day here. Let's take a look now at uh, another comment that um, that Mickey Loomis made, and one of the one of the big sort of uh, of looks that he had during that Sirius XM uh, radio interview was when he mentioned, which by the way, I'm going to be on Sirius XM tomorrow morning. I'll be on Sirius XM's fantasy show, NFL fantasy show tomorrow morning around like 8.05 a.m. Central. So make sure you come through for that if you're looking for something to listen to on the, on the ride to work. Um, St. General Manager mentioned that they are banking on the return of guys like Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore, both of which have missed uh, missed considerable time in 2020. Two for different reasons. Michael Thomas, a different ankle injury than the one that, or, or foot injury than the one that has plagued him over the course of the previous couple of years. Marshawn Lattimore, broken ribs, lacerated kidney, just some kind of kind of freak stuff when it comes to him. Um, but when I mentioned that they're banking on the return of those guys, I, I don't mean that they're just banking on the return of them on the field. They're banking on the return of those players to come back and play at a high level, the level that they were playing at before those injuries began to set in. And I think we saw that from Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore came back uh, and and played, you know, pretty good toward the, the end of last season. I think I would say excellent, right, toward the end of last season after he, uh, after he came back. And so I, I think that, like, you could certainly see that when it comes to um, – when it comes to Marshawn Lattimore, but Michael Thomas, you can see it too. Ninety plus, you know, ninety plus percent contested catch rate, over seventy percent in terms of overall catch rate. Had that huge, you know, couple of huge plays that he had all throughout the uh, that week one comeback in the fourth quarter. And Atlanta made a couple of other nice plays uh, weeks two and three as well before the injury set in. So there's a whole bunch uh, uh, of stuff in terms of how like all of that ends up. Uh, impacting these guys in in the long term. Uh, you know, someone in the chat right here says that Lattimore got hurt because of a freak collision. He's fine. He got hurt because of the freak co- collision. So we shouldn't be worried about the freak collisions because those are freak collisions. But the injury was still broken ribs and a lacerated kidney. So you are still a little bit worried about him. And in fact, like us as reporters last year, we were talking to uh, Dennis Allen about it. We were like, yo, is he like, is Lattimore okay? Like, Life-wise, is he cool? Like that feels like a quality of life situation right there where you got lacerated kidneys and stuff. And so these guys that ha- have dealt with these injuries, uh, I wouldn't be, you know, the, the, the question of re-injury is one thing, but the question of the long-term impact of those injuries is a different thing. So that's why it's not just about getting back out on the field, but can you get back out on the field and boost that level of play? Be the player that everybody expects you to be. Can you be that all pro? Can you get back to that pro bowl? All of that. Um, and, and look, I think you should either expect that they will until they don't or expect that they won't until they will, whatever feels more comfortable for you. But here's where some good news is in either case, I think it's fair to say that the saints are in a pretty good situation. Even if those guys don't return to that all pro level, to that pro bowl level, to that, whatever level that you think of them as in terms of like their top ability to be able to produce. What's good, y'all? I'm not ignoring the chat. I just want to make sure I'm getting this content in and everything. I see y'all. I appreciate you. Um, so when I look at where the Saints are with all that, you look at, let's look at behind Michael Thomas, the investments that they've made. Chris Olave, of course, Rashid Shahid was a huge, you know, we're seeing sort of the development 
of him over the course of OTAs, over the course of this offseason. Um, Chris Olave's up five pounds, ready to go out there and like fight for some more catches. You saw him sky over Marcus May, make a big catch in the first day of OTAs, all that. They've also brought in guys like A.T. Perry and Brian Edwards. Shaq Davis is back there as like a as like a sleeper dude. James Washington they've invested in. So you've watched them pay attention to the wide receiver room. And we've seen now two years in a row the Saints dip back into drafted wide receivers. Remember, before Kawan Baker, you have to go all the way back to Traquan Smith to find drafted wide receiver to find the Saints drafting a wide receiver. So those types of situations to where they're not investing in the position in the draft and all that other stuff like we saw back in the day that's not the case right now like the saints are very much willing to continue to try to build the offensive side of the football build out the wide receivers so they're in a fine situation there i think they're almost in a better if not just as good situation when it comes to if marshall Lattimore needs some time away Paulson and Debo had an outstanding rookie year. I know that his year last year wasn't as good dealing with injuries and things like that, uh, but he was still very much in a. Uh, he was still he still uh, he was still a top corner, and you've seen some of those flashes and abilities, all those things that you expect to see from Paulson and Debo. He's good enough to start for you, more than good enough to start for you. Alante Taylor is a stud. Like there's just no doubt about it. Like right now, recency bias is going to play a factor in all this, right? Paul Sadadibo had a little bit of a, uh, <laughs> had a little bit of like a struggle during the 2022 season while Alante Taylor was spectacular his rookie season in 2022. So we're going to hold in higher regard Alante Taylor's trajectory than we are Paul Sadadibo's trajectory, but both those guys are starting quality corners for you. And then they brought in and have continued to build at that position and continue to make sure that they have depth there. They bring in veterans to help out Troy Pride Jr. They add some of the things. I know everybody talk about the sombrero look with the neon with the neon light behind me on video. Uh, but you know, you could see the Saints building out that depth. So while the Saints are banking on the returns of Michael Thomas as well as um as well as uh, Marshawn Lattimore, they're not in situations to where, and they haven't sat back and settled to where if both of those guys end up having any issues, either one of those guys ends up having issues, you can still produce, you can still move the ball, or you can still stop the distribution of the ball. The Saints proved that last year because Marshawn Lattimore missed so much time. Now I think you're in a better situation over on the offensive side, especially with your quarterback change, you continuing to build out the wide receivers, all that. You're in an even better position than you were last season. When you had injuries to not only Michael Thomas, but you also had injuries to Chris Olave for that kept him out of a couple of games. You had injuries to Mar uh, to Jarvis Landry as well. You're in a better position now to be able to get to your playmakers and still have big time playmakers on the field if you have an injury at wide receiver. And then same thing on the defensive side when it comes to corner. So I think that not only are the Saints banking on those guys returning, but they've safeguarded themselves just in case to put themselves in a much better position, just in case the bottom falls out for both those, either one of those guys for any reason this year. So I think that's huge for them. Coming up next, we're going to wrap up today's show with looking at some new additions for the New Orleans Saints. They they go out and they get... um. Uh, fullback. They add another fullback in Jake Brockus, but then they also go out there and grab Jesse James, the rootinous, tootinous Wild Wester out there. No, but the, the former uh, Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, who I think I went to bat for back in like 2019, saying that the Saints should sign him. So we'll take a look at what both of them add, and specifically what both of those signings kind of mean 
for Taysom Hill, who hasn't been president of OTAs. Let's get to that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Who that nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at free agency and where the New Orleans Saints are with a couple of different additions. They continue to bring in players and positions that we don't expect them to bring in. And the one position where they haven't brought in the veteran yet, we're all still looking, got the binoculars out, kind of getting them in. I've seen a couple of people mention that they still haven't seen uh, anything about my take on uh, John Gruden coming in for OTAs. I did that like two or three episodes ago in the second segment of the show. Uh, if you hang around in the chat after the show, I'll try to grab the link and throw it in there. But yeah, it's, I, I did that already. And I've, I've, I've said it on a bunch of radio shows and stuff like that too. I, I'll tell you real quick, just, just because actually I don't want to make you like have to go back and look for it. That's rude. Let me not do that. Let me be real with you. Um, I, I don't understand the reward that you get from it because there's no way that this year, this time next year, we're going, man, sure. I'm glad that the saints brought in John Gruden for a week. That's my take. I I, I think it's, uh, it's whatever. Like, I, I don't know why you like welcome the backlash and welcome the onslaught to, to talk to a dude for a week. Uh, so I'm cool. All right. So let's take a look now at, um, and and I want to I want to correct one little thing or I want to clarify one little thing that I mentioned about Alante Taylor here in a second. But let's focus on the new additions first because that's that's kind of at the front of the mind for everybody right now. So um, one of the I mean, look, I, I'm always about fullback season. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of fullback season. I love when the Saints bring in there. They usually bring in two fullbacks going into training camp, all that, um, and then they have a little bit of a battle at the position. And usually the incumbent starter wins that battle. Right. And so uh, Adam Prentice is already there. So unless Adam Prentice has suffered an injury, the addition of Jake Braggis is something that just kind of brings in another player to compete at that position, all of that. Uh, and so when I look at the fullback addition, all that it tells me is that the Saints still feel very committed to keeping the fullback alive in their system. And I think that is uh, good news. Uh, when it comes to Jesse James, on the other hand, this is really interesting. And I think that there's an obvious reason for this. Uh, the Saints have had Foster Moreau. They brought him in this offseason. They, of course, have Juwan Johnson and they have Lucas Cruel. But outside of the three of them, they have not had another tight end present. Taysom Hill has not been present, as well as, of course, um, uh, 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 Forrestal. Miller Forrestal has, not been, has been present, but hasn't been able to participate. So what this tells me is one of two things. The Saints don't expect to see Taysom Hill at all during OTAs or Forrestal is having a little bit of a setback that's not allowing him to get out on the field for a while. So the Saints bring in another tight end. The thing that I love about Jesse James is that he is a quintessential pass catching tight end, but can also be an inline blocker guy. He kind of has a similar feel, though I would say a little bit less athletic than Foster Moreau. Um, I was a big fan of the idea of the Saints pursuing uh, uh, Jesse James back in, it's going to take all my power not to say Jesse Jackson. Y'all just gonna have to forgive me when I do it. This is my, this is my, the tight end position, Lucas Kroll, Nick Kroll, Jesse James, Jesse Jackson is going to happen. Just, just bear with me. Um, but I was a big proponent of the New Orleans Saints potentially pursuing Jesse James back in 2019 when he was becoming a free agent out of Pittsburgh. That year he had finished with 30 catches on 39 targets for 423 yards and a pair of touchdowns, averaged 14.1 yards 
per catch. He was a big time play catch, pass catching threat while he was there. The two years before that, he exceeded, uh, he had three touchdowns. He exceeded uh, 30 catches, almost exceeded 40 catches in both of those years, and also exceeded 330 or more yards uh, both of those seasons as well. So you see the pass catching prowess that he brings, but you also know what he could do as a blocker and all that. Now, he spent some time in Detroit, spent some time in Cleveland, spent some time in Chicago, was not the same as what he was in Pittsburgh. So it's reasonable to expect that he wouldn't be the same as what he was in Pittsburgh here in New Orleans either, but we'll get a look at it. And I think that this gives you an opportunity. Appreciate you, short dog. Um, this gives him an opportunity to come in and give the Saints another tight end to get in the mix, especially with Miller Forrestal not being able to not participating so far and with Taysom Hill not being present. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit curious because I want to I want to discuss the impact of this on Taysom Hill because when you think about the two places that Taysom Hill plays that aren't quarterback, you think about H-back and you think about tight end. And so now you bring in a tight end and you bring in a fullback who can serve a similar role or you combine both of those and that is the role of an H-back. And it kind of makes you wonder, okay, so where is Taysom Hill fitting into this offense? They bring in Foster Moreau, they bring in... Derek Carr, are you going to take Derek Carr off the field to put Taysom Hill in? You've got all these running backs in the backfield now, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller. We'll see how much they have Alvin Kamara, but they still have Alvin Kamara. Eno Benjamin's there. They're moving Kirk Merritt to the to the running back position. All this stuff. Where is Taysom Hill in, in this offense? And if I'm asking that, I got to wonder if Taysom Hill's asking that too. So I hope that they've been very clear with Taysom about what his role is in the offense. Because when you see them make additions like this, knowing that like you're still waiting for them to bring in veteran linebackers, you're still waiting for them to bring in veteran defensive linemen, offensive linemen to continue to build out the depth there, all of that. I just get a little curious about where things are with Taysom Hill and what his usage is going to be. Does he just go back to being a backup quarterback, all these other things. Because for me, I like for him to be sort of that F-move, tight end, H-back type of guy that takes some slot, that takes some snaps at quarterback in short yardage situation. I just don't think there's any reason not to have that be a part of your repertoire on a second and one, a third and one, and all that. Like still use him in those short yardage situations under center, and you might as well. There's no reason not to. Or behind center. There's no reason not to. But is that the, is that the sort of vision that they put out to him um, over the course of the offseason and have they successfully sold him on that? So it's just interesting. It's just interesting not seeing him at OTA, seeing them continue to bolster up both of the positions that he tends to play and all that. So we'll see. But uh, I hope everything's good. <laughs> hope everything's good because I think Taysom in this offense, in particular with so many weapons all over the place, could be incredibly detrimental to the like mental well-being of opposing offenses who are trying to game, oh, sorry, opposing defenses who are trying to game plan and all that other stuff to take out all these players, these weapons that the Saints already have, but then you add Taysom Hill, you can line up anywhere you want on offense and he could potentially be an impact player for you. Like that is still such a a massive benefit for this New Orleans Saints offense. So I, I love that. And and I hope that that's, uh, that's the route that they continue to go when it comes to, uh, comes to Taysom Hill. And maybe like this is a part of it too. Maybe this is a part of it is bringing in guys like Jesse James, bringing in guys like Barkas. It's just about bringing guys in that can come in and hold it down until Taysom Hill shows up for training camp or mandatory minicamp and then training camp later. So I, I love all that. I love all that. But yeah, I, I agree. 777. Taysom can finally be a super gadget player this year. That's exactly right. One thing I wanted to clarify that I mentioned earlier, I think I said something about Elante Taylor and I mentioned him playing in the slot. I just want to be very clear because I know I've addressed this 
in previous shows, but not everybody watches every show. So I like to make sure that I, I, I answer all the questions that I can as I'm going through anticipating needs. Um, is that when it comes to, uh, him playing in the slot, I don't mean that he's transitioning to the slot. It's just that he's getting cross trained there. This is not out of the ordinary for the New Orleans Saints. Did the same thing with Paulson Adebo his rookie year. Bradley Roby was gone. Uh, Paulson Adebo was gone. Marshawn Lattimore was gone during OTAs. And so when it comes to, um, so when it comes to Alante Taylor, it was just an opportunity for him to get more run uh, in the slot. So I don't expect him to transition to that. In fact, I talked, you know, I was a part of the media that talked to him yesterday. And one of the things that he said was, I'm still an outside corner. I just am getting some work in the slot and all that other stuff. So uh, I love that. Mario in the chat, this is going to wrap up the show for us today because this is too good. There's no way I can say anything better than this. Uh, Taysom Hill is going to fill in for Caden Ellis. <laughs> I've made the joke before we were out there, we were watching, um, I'm calling him the thunder from down under. I don't know if he's going to hate that or not. I'll talk to him. I'll find out if he hates it. But Lou Headley, uh, the punter, we got to finally see him, you know, lift off a little bit. It was in the indoor facility. So he kept hitting the roof of the indoor facility and all that. And I mentioned that like the Saints had like three kickers, which they moved on from one Alex Caveda. That's the, that's how they made room for, uh, these two additions that the Saints made today. Jesse James in the fullback. Um, I just look at, looked at all that and I said, okay, well, you've got three kickers on the roster. You got two punters on the roster and you got Taysom Hill who can probably kick and punt too. And who can probably play defense for you. So there's a whole bunch of different, whole bunch of different ways. I'm sure Taysom Hill will get used. I doubt any of them is going to be on the defensive side, but it's still a funny, funny thought. So like I said, no way I can say anything funnier than what Mario just did. So I think I'm good for the rest of today. I appreciate y'all so much as always being here for another episode of Locked on Saints. Make sure you tune in early tomorrow morning. I've already got the next episode of Locked on Saints ready for you myself and Trevor Sykema diving in from Pro Football Focus on why he believes the New Orleans Saints are making the playoffs in 2023, why what was going wrong in uh, Las Vegas was not just Derek Carr's fault, what that means for the New Orleans Saints, and why Brian Brzee will be the most impactful rookie in 2023 for the New Orleans Saints. Got that coming up for you in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Saints. All y'all, whether you're here later, whether you're here live, I appreciate y'all very, very much for continuing to support the show, continuing to show love. Everybody here in the chat, you know I love you. Everybody watching and listening, you know I I love you. Appreciate you as always. Make it locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you want to continue the conversation with me one-on-one, head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on Saints. Need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes? Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Learn how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.